0: this is samantha and you're listening to the layman's doctor podcast where we're bringing medicine home. now today we're gonna have a conversation about nutrition just a very chill conversation actually i want to have a few conversations about nutrition this is just one of them if you follow me on social media you'll know that as of lately i have been very interested in what i put in my body The nutritional facts and labeling of products and i wanted to start this conversation with a group the jamaica youth advocacy network that has been doing some work around nutrition in schools and i have their program coordinator on with me today Shanique bowden who is going to talk a little bit about it now as per usual or since covid started we are recording this podcast online So if there are any technical difficulties, please bear with us and please forgive us. But we're using an online platform to record this. Nutrition. I've had a few podcasts in the works trying to have a conversation about nutrition and especially how in Jamaica we can eat better with what's available to us. I know we had campaigns like Jamaica move or is it Jamaica moves I can never remember if it's move or moves anyways but campaigns that that, that really encouraged moving and exercising but a huge part of being healthy is what you put in your body now there are a lot of different fat diets or different ways of eating um, out there you have the ketogenic diet you have veganism you have plant-based and so on and there's really no right or wrong way. My preferred method is, one, having a healthy relationship with food. And then, two, eating a little bit of everything. And there's no such thing as, a, in quote" bad food. I think everything is good in moderation, um, basically. But that's enough of my rant. I can go on and on about it because it's something that very recently has... Sparked interest and lit a fire under my bottom. But let's bring in Shanique and we're going to talk about the Jamaican Youth Advocacy Networks or JAN's work with getting better nutrition into schools, primarily having to do with labeling and having like a warning front label and also just focusing on the fact that how we eat affects us health-wise, in terms of putting us at risk at non-communicable diseases. So I'll allow her to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about JAN and what they do, and then we'll talk about this study that they did. Hi,
1: um, as Samantha said, I'm Shanice Bowden, the Programme Coordinator at the Jamaican Advocacy Network, JAN, or J-Y-A-N. JAN is a youth-led organization which essentially advocates for the rights of young people in Jamaica. Over the years, we've focused a lot thematically on issues relating to the sexual and reproductive rights of young people, their mental health, um, you know, how crime and violence affects them, and just also doing general child rights work, especially concerning children in daycare care and the issue of corporal punishment. The issue of health and nutrition, and especially as it relates to the effect of poor nutrition amongst others and youth groups is fairly new to Jayan. Uh we just really started working closely on that issue in March of this year and so it's been kind of a learning curve for the, um, the entire team in trying to determine like, what are some of the issues that are really more forthcoming than others as well as you know why this issue is as prevalent as it is and wasn't really being contemplated within this particular group um, over the last couple of years. So it's been new, it's been interesting. So yeah, that's kind of a bit about what we do here.
0: Okay. Thank you for being here and talking about this with me. Um I know I had known about this campaign or this study or just this I, I don't know I don't know what to call it. It was done with you report because I was a part of the I'm going to use the word promotional video. I did a video for them, which was fun. But why is this even important? Why do we need to know what um, youth's attitudes towards food and reading labels and how they make food choices matter? Like, why is this something that we should care about?
1: So, uh, just for a bit of context, when we started this project, we started with the understanding that Elder nutrition, or it's rather poor nutrition, is affecting young persons at an alarming rate that we perhaps do not really have readily available information on. So like within the context of just the general population in Jamaica right now, we are aware that perhaps one in three persons has hypertension, one in eight has diabetes. And when we break that down, what we're finding is that there's a significantly alarming or alarmingly significant number of young persons like 15 and over who are either obese or overweight and what we're also finding is trends where poor eating habits within the adolescent and youth stages results in you know further poor lifestyle choices and may also in adulthood uh, result in attracting certain non-communicable diseases or NCDs case may be and so what we're finding is that within the context of health we're, or within the context of the overall health of the child um we're finding that there are many young persons who are not having ready access to healthy food options right or to nutritious meals that are nourishing their bodies um in the way that it needs to be and that there's also an alarming rate of being overweight or being obese within the this particular age group and so that was kind of the context under which we particularly started working on this project within the context of our report poll we wanted to get a sense of a few issues that we found very prevalent and to see what young persons were thinking so we got quite a few responses and it was very interesting to see what some of those responses were like
0: okay so just being on your socials I think you got almost a thousand responses. Uh,
1: this over 900, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And those would primarily be youth, because that's, again, who you're targeting.
1: Yeah, the majority were between the ages of 15 to 24, 25, thereabouts.
0: Okay, wow, I, I have aged out of that age group. <laughs> um, okay, so were there any findings that were surprising for you and what were rather let me see. what were you not surprised to find and then i want to hear what were you surprised to find if any at all so just looking at it for me for example one thing that didn't surprise me was that you know most persons would 87 said yes if food items had warning labels on them that it might actually influence whether or not they yeah. choose that food. I think what I didn't expect was for the persons who didn't read nutritional labels, Um the, the results were basically one third each, but I was surprised mm-hmm. at the number of persons who said they didn't understand them per se. Yeah.
1: That was actually not surprising to me.
0: Okay, fair. I think that was for me because, I mean, I don't know how to put it. I think what was surprising about it was how equal everything was. Yeah. And the options were really, I've never been encouraged to. So it's almost as if people aren't really seeing why they should even bother to read Mm -hmm. the, the nutrition facts. Some persons, almost an equal amount, said they just didn't understand them. And then another almost equal amount said that they didn't feel like they need to. So you're saying for you that you're not actually surprised at those results. I, I think I would have perhaps been less surprised if more persons had said I do not understand them
1: because that's actually a very, that's a recurring thing um, that we're finding, especially within the context of, other than this report poll, we would have done a few sessions with young people to just kind of talk to them about, you know, some of the issues and get their feedback. We would have done a webinar which was a bit more of an open forum, but we also did a very smaller a smaller sensitization session specifically with like majority of the participants in high school age students. And it's very interesting the number of persons who do not really understand the labeling. And even like you um, Samantha, you said you're on a new L journey. I mean I've also been on a on an elk kick and I'm a bit more aware now, especially within the context of working on this project. I'm a bit more aware now, but like when my trainer tells me I need to be having X amount of protein per meal, and I go in the supermarket and I pick up a protein shake, and I was just like, oh, 30 grams of protein, not bad. Uh, this is enough. But then I'm also seeing like 15 grams of sugar. So for every two grams of protein or To whatever protein is measured in there's one gram of sugar and those things are very alarming and before march or even before starting to work out i probably did not appreciate what one gram of sugar was yeah i really understand why 22 grams of sugar in one small container would be very alarming and why that would also just be way more than the daily sugar intake for any person you know um, much less, I'm not even a developing person, but much less a developing person. So those are, so I wasn't really surprised that um, person said they didn't understand it. I w- would have been less surprised if I think that was the more, the prominent answer. I'm also not surprised that person said that they don't feel the need to, because I think persons really aren't aware, and I think it, al- it also has to do with not only just lack of knowledge on like, the consumer's part, but just, like, also these false ideas that we have about certain foods. So, like, a popular example, I don't know if I can, like, say this, but, like, Lasco, for example, is regularly considered a nutritious milk replacement, Or Well, right? it's a food drink, you, ever, you know? Right, you know, and it's like, exactly, but, like, the sugar in Lasco is, like, insane but if you have manufacturers and promoters telling you that hey this is healthy you're not going to really want to take a stop to see that um this may not be as healthy as i think it is and i think the protein shake is also a very good example because they they will plaster on the front of the package 30 grams of protein and then you have to go all the way to the back and look and see that it's okay it's also 20 grams of sugar Mm -hmm. right and what does that mean? So, when you're, when you see things being put in your face, rich in this, rich in that, you don't really think you need to also scrutinize what it may be bad in or poor in. Yeah. So, I think the responses to that were pretty, Yeah, as you said, they were yeah. pretty even out. And it was just very also inside to see uh, what that was. Just like.
0: to play devil's advocate, do you think that mm-hmm. also. For us as youth, I'm going to put us that way, we also believe that we have time on our side. So maybe we don't need to necessarily look at what is in foods and watch what we eat because we don't think that we'll get pressure at 25 and we won't get diabetes at 21. And we have all the time in the world to eat properly, exercise and help prevent these diseases. Like, that, that is just me playing devil's advocate. I know it's not likely to be the mm-hmm. biggest concern, but you did say you had focus groups and I'm mm-hmm. wondering if a thought, like, that ever popped up.
1: Um, I'm actually trying to remember, because I, if I'm not mistaken, in one of the groups, there were a few persons who would have spoken about like, not even so much the risk of them developing mm-hmm. hypertension or diabetes and those other stuff, but just, like, when they really thought about their quality of life. So, um, like, I think I may be seguing a bit, but, like, one of the major things that came up and, we're, that, and that we're also exploring is the relationship between just, like, eating healthy and also living an active lifestyle. So, especially within the context of schools, which is one of the main focus of our project currently, um, we explore in detail, like, you know, ensuring that foods are offering nutritious meals but also offering... Adequate physical activities for students, you know. And what we find, um, maybe you can say this is it was the case at your high school, is that most high schools they stop doing physical education at like grade nine, unless you're doing CSEC PE or PE at CSEC level, then physical education like stops at grade nine. And even then, it was just like an hour a week. What I noticed on many persons' bags is that they kind of miss that because they would say that they've noticed, for example, where they get like more out of breath quickly because like they're just very mm-hmm. sedentary especially when we consider it in the context of covid with online schools they're just sitting at their desk for eight hours when they needed the desk just going into bed and so physical activity has kind of diminished somewhat and so that was something that definitely came up a lot back to what you i think you originally asked i don't think we've really flagged at least from the anecdotal stuff that we have collected um so far about that sort of relationship between you know thinking Mm -hmm. we have time but I wouldn't say that it's a very far fetched um, thing but I do think just like even what we would pick up from social media is that it is perhaps within the minds of some person maybe not specifically within this age group but like maybe the 24, 25 up to 28, 30 there seems to be some more realization that you know, yeah, we're not as indestructible as you may think. Some of them are reporting that their peers are now being told that they're hypertensive and those of stuff. So I definitely think it's something that requires a little bit more investigation. And I mean, COVID has been here for a while, but it also provides a very unique opportunity for us to really think about overall quality of life across the board, especially within the context of this pandemic, and what we would have seen um, of the effects of the, the pandemic and, uh, and contracting the, the virus on persons who were, you know, hypertensive and diabetic and had these pre-existing um, health conditions, which were, for the most part, born out of poor eating habits and lifestyle choices.
0: So what did surprise you from the poll?
1: Uh, what surprised me? Mm, let me see, I... Is it because I also participated in the poll? I'm not sure if there was anything that really jumped out to me. I mean, 70% of respondents said that they were aware of or they read the nutritional facts of the labels on drinks and snacks. And that was definitely interesting. I think what we perhaps should have asked immediately after this was if reading the labels would have influenced their choices. I think that's probably something in hindsight that we did not ask. I I was pleased to also see, I, not so much surprising, but we were pleased to see that there was an overwhelming majority for, you know, labels such as iron fats, iron sugars being on the front of food items because that's also a very interesting thing that is happening now within the region and it was somewhat in the media, or, or has been in the media a lot locally around this idea of front of package warning labels being placed on the front of pre-processed foods or processed foods to indicate to consumers that this item consists of a concerning amount of fat, sugar, salt, or, you know, nutrients of concerns, as as they're called. So I was pleased to see that, but I'm not sure if there would have been anything that really jumped out at me. Also, pleased to see that, again, 88% we're in support of restrictions on sugar-sweetened beverages and other healthy foods sold so in school because the school environment is also another major part of our project at the moment
0: so yes i do agree with front of package labeling because a lot of times they do promote the good parts and then you get distracted from reading the back yeah and it would be nice to see besides 30 grams of protein that they actually have. Oh, but this also has like 20 grams of sugar or um, 15 grams of sugar. So that would be nice to see. And also actually seeing Jamaican-made products having nutritional facts because a lot of them don't. You had added that for the question where you asked how many persons, the fact that 70% of persons read the nutritional labels and you said you would have wanted to ask, how does it change um, your, your decision or your choice? And what I would want to ask is, how many persons actually understand what the labels are saying? Because I think that just as how you have a percentage of persons who don't read it because they don't understand, there might be still persons who read it and don't actually understand what it's saying. Um, for a very long time, I always thought that one package was one serving. Now we're realizing that in packages, sometimes it has two, three, four servings of a thing. And I mean, I'm not talking about like a bulk bag of oats or a bulk bag of fruits. I'm talking about a bag of chips, nuts, um, something like that, where you're realizing that the recommended serving is not in fact an individual packet but sometimes half of that packet and by time you're finished eating the little snack you're up 500 600 sometimes 700 calories and you're not full because what's that so because for kids primarily they do get out of sugary drinks and crisps and chips and sweet treats as snacks i think it's important more so that we look at how kids eat and your eating habits really are formed from your younger and it gets very hard to change as they get older i know that the outcome that Jan is really trying to look for is policy change can you Mm -hmm. tell us just a little bit about what do you want to accomplish know that you have finished the focus groups Um, You have completed the poll, published the results on your Instagram. What is the next step? What do you guys want to achieve from this?
1: Okay, so largely our focus is on nutrition within schools, as I mentioned previously. So back in around 2019, former Minister of Education, Rua Reed, would have said that the government was working on a whole nutrition and wellness policy to have it finalized within, you know, that year. So at the beginning of 2019, they said they want to finalize it in 2019. As you know, things happened, COVID came, we demitted office, who was online for a part, and we changed in in terms of like, you know, when, when we had an entire election and there's a new minister of education. So this, like many other policies, have just kind of been, by the wayside falling off the radar. Our focus is trying to have this is calling for the finalization and implementation of this policy. While we're doing that, we're working on a position paper which contemplates many things, including what we'd have gleaned from our focus group discussions with, you know, the young people both in and recently out of high school as well as from our own reading and then identifying best practices, what we think it is that a proper uh, policy addressing nutrition within the school environment should entail. And so that is kind of our focus. So we have our position paper. Uh, we're almost finished that. I would have to say we're like 95% finished with finalizing that. And then, you know, we'll be sharing that position paper with the relevant authorities, relevant advisors within the Ministry of Education, the Ministry of Health, as the case may be, to also seek to get some sort of engagement and commitment that this will now become, you know, this this will go back, this will go on the agenda for the the current administration. That's essentially it. And we also would like to get, you know, public support for our you know, our positions and this, this sort of recommendations and actions that we're calling for. And so once the position paper is finalized, we have a short call to action document and, you know, we're doing a petition so we can get as many persons as possible to sign on to show that, hey, this is something that people are actually interested in. Hey, this is something that people want to see moving, try and get some traction around that. Um, As it relates to front of package warning labels, yes, it's a major policy issue right now, but Honestly, it's not the main focus of JN's work currently. Uh, we do support other organizations both locally and in the region in their advocacy on that. And I mean, we definitely agree that it's something that is needed and recognizing some of the challenges is something that we're also committed to advocating for, but we're doing that in tandem with other organizations, such as the Arts Foundation of Jamaica, for example to bring support to
0: their advocacy around that issue. Okay, well I really hope something comes from this. I think it's I think it's important. And I hope that we have some trickle down to us adults and older folks. Um I think that I mean I do think that it would be beneficial for all persons anyways, which is kind of how, you know, advocacy works. And yeah thank you so much for having this convo with me right i really tried not to rant on and on because you know person that i have been very upset about buying jamaican products and there's no nutritional facts on it Mm -hmm. and i just think it's so crazy that we want to promote this healthy lifestyle in jamaica but i'm gonna choose my words very carefully because this is not a group chat Mm -hmm. but I do think that Jamaica Moves is a great initiative but I have always maintained that it does not do well with the nutritional aspect especially for the regular Jamaican person who a lot of times we think that eating three pieces of yam, cassava, two dumpling and two boiled egg cup chocolate tea is healthy because everything comes from the ground or farm it no grow it whatever you know and it's not necessarily so so small steps but a step in the right direction nonetheless for persons who want to follow jayan reach out to Jan, maybe work with jayan where can they find you guys how can they contact you
1: So for persons who are interested in connecting with us, our social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at JA. We also have our website, www.youthadvocateja.org. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll definitely be posting more stuff around our position paper and our recommendations and our call to action. So you can definitely look out for that. Um, if you want to connect to someone directly, you can email us at jyan, that's J-Y-A-N, at youthadvocateja.org.
2: And before I leave, I'd like to share that we've recently launched our petition calling for the finalization and implementation of the School Nutrition and Wellness Policy. And I'd love if all the listeners out there today would visit our website at www.youthadvocateja.org and tune into our ELTAN Nutrition page where they find our call to action and our, our petition, and that they sign on and share with their friends, families, colleagues, and their wider networks. Uh, this petition is important to the extent that we want the government of Jamaica to finalize the policy that they've been working on over the last three years and implement it in all major uh, schools across the island to ensure that our children and young people have access to nutrient rich foods. And um, access to fruits and vegetables and water and you know physical activity within the school environment, and that does, the school environment itself is a holistic place for growth and ensuring proper nutrition and health. Um, so if you support this, we hope that you would sign and share with your friends and continue to tune in to our social media platforms, at Advocate J.A. Uh, for any updates about our work around health and nutrition advocacy, thank you very much.
0: Okay, thank you. Thank you for participating, Shan, um, and just having this conversation with us. Guys, if you want to reach out to me, you know how it goes. You can send me an email at the layman's doctor, D O C T O R, at gmail.com. You can go to my website, the layman's doctor dot com and send me a message or you can simply uh, message me on my socials, so instagram or or twitter at the layman's dr and you can find me there thank you so much for listening until next time